How can students cope with an emotional episode while abroad? really important for us to treat ourselves with compassion and kindness and understand that going to a new place requires a lot of changes that make us fall into a very uncomfortable place and that is part and parcel of the experience of yeah. living abroad that it's not all great and fantastic that there will be just the highs and the low and remember your strength know that there will always be the support and remember to forgive yourself when there are mistakes and setbacks because part of the learning experience is also to get um, the feedback. Mm. Mistakes are part of the feedback which help us to learn to become better. Safeguarding Tomorrow's Future, a podcast by International SOS. Welcome to Safeguarding Tomorrow's Future, a podcast for students where we aim to talk about health and safety topics relevant to students, especially if they're traveling abroad for school trips and exchange programs. Today's topic is about mental wellness, and we have two external guest speakers today. Very excited to have them. Uh, first up, we have Maria. Hi, everyone. I'm Maria Blanksangtib, and I'm a psychologist at a company called Icro Corpel Private Limited. We are based in Singapore, but we work with companies all around Asia Pacific. So very happy to be here today. Welcome. Thanks for being here. And we also have with us Prathana. Hi everyone, I'm an international student in my final semester in Singapore Management University. Welcome, thank you for being here. So to kick us off, you know, as we know, mental wellness has been a key topic that's been coming out in news quite frequently, especially in the past three years or so with COVID. You know, there's a lot of focus, a lot of emphasis on, on mental wellness and mental health, even amongst students. So Maria, maybe you could share with us a little bit more about why do you think it's important for us to discuss mental wellness for young students, young adults traveling abroad? Honestly, we deal with all types of stressors in almost every day of our life, which affects our mental health, whether it's like the deadline, the financial status, the savings, relationships, and the changes, whether changes to our job, to our work, to our studies, including moving to a new country. And especially for a young student traveling abroad, changing can be quite overwhelming because you're dealing with so many things new environment, new friends, living from away from the family for the very first time, mm-hmm. while also adjusting and maintaining your academic um, studies as well. So it can be overwhelming um, with, with all these stressors. And perhaps that's why a conversation about mental health is absolutely important. And mental health is just like physical health, right? Both, both of these are part of our overall health. And if our mental health is affected by stress, anxiety due to the change, our physical health can take a toll as well, whether it's our sleep, our diet, our energy level, or even our immune system. Hmm. And while we discuss the physical health, right, um, it's very easy to discuss physical health because it's just something that people do. There's nothing wrong with it. But when it comes to mental health, and especially in Singapore, one in two Singaporeans view that mental health is all about mental illnesses which makes it harder for people to have an open conversation about health. And people often equate mental illness as a sign of personal weakness. And I'm feeling this way, for example, I'm feeling this way because I'm a failure. Other people can do it, it's just me. Making it really hard to start a conversation. 
maybe can I just pause you there and, and you know ask you what's the difference between mental health and mental illness? Well, mental health is a continuum and includes the mental illnesses inside. And if I can just use like a color to represent the things on the continuum, green is for healthy, mm-hmm. right? Green is for healthy. This is when mental health is um, we are functioning well at the work that we do. We're studying well. We feel great. We can eat. We can sleep. Basically, we feel good about ourselves. Right. However, when there are changes. Um, when there's stressors coming in, whether it is new protocol, new work, new project, deadline coming up, moving to a new country, these can increase our stress level. So because we're moving away from a comfort zone, we're no longer in the green zone, we, we move towards um, the at-risk zone, which is the orange zone, which can impact our well-being. We might not be able to sleep well, eat well, we struggle a little bit, but overall, we're still okay, we're still managing well, but we're just in the at-risk zone. Mm-hmm. If we have good coping system, then we can go move from orange to green. Right. However, if we don't have those resources available, then it we might move to the red zone, which is the unwell zone, right? that where it affects our studies, mm-hmm. it affects our personal life, and we struggle more. So these are the continuum that we are, um, we can face. So coming back to the preparation for traveling abroad, we want to be in the green zone. Mm -hmm. As much as possible, we want to be in the green zone, but it is important to know that um, how to cope if we happen to be in the orange zone and avoid being in the red zone. Right. So now that we understand a little bit more about, you know, mental wellness, like you mentioned, you know, in the color spectrum, I think that was very helpful to visualize. I hope today we will be able to go through a little bit more about some of the emotional experiences that we may have while abroad and how, you know, youth or students can manage that um, sometimes mm-hmm. even when they're alone. So Prathana, maybe can you tell us where do you go for your experience abroad recently and what were some of the expectations you had about the journey before you went? Mm, yeah, sure. So last semester, I went to Babson College, which is in Boston. Mm. And the experience was really unique, very different, unlike any other. But my expectations were very high. And that was because I I heard from the seniors that this experience was a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, highlight of your SMU university life. But I feel like no one talks about how hard it is. (laughs) Because once I went there, the first few months, so I was there for four months, but the first two months were the hardest months of my entire year, actually. Oh dear. Can you share what were some of these biggest challenges that you had um, that made it the hardest four months? So I think number one would be making the right friends. Right. You're there in senior year, which is like the last year of university, and everyone already has their groups of friends formed, and then you come in as an exchange student, and no one really knows you. Mm-hmm. And the only, like, the what, what I thought would be I would mingle with other exchange students, right? But then I realized that they were from various parts of the world with different backgrounds and cultures, and generally people with similar backgrounds and cultures um, 
hang out with each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So me being the only Indian exchange student, it made it hard for me to figure out how I could hang out with them and like make friends and right. just be me. But that was really hard in the beginning because I realized that most of them were Caucasians mm-hmm. and most of them spoke the same language, which was Spanish. Okay. And I didn't speak Spanish, so it did make me feel excluded. And then I realized, why am I limiting myself to exchange students? I can talk to local students. Yeah. So that's how I found most of my friends. They were freshman students who were in this experience, new in Babson too with me. I think because we were in the same boat, we clicked and we really vibed together. Nice, okay. And were, were there any other feelings that you were going through or any changes, you know, as the months kind of progressed? Yeah, so there's a lot of new things because Singapore and the United States are so different when it comes to public transportation, safety, food. So it was a lot of new changes um, and very unexpected. But at the same time, once I was there and once I encountered these changes, I had a lot of internal conflicts and a lot of fears which regards to like, how do I go about it? But the one thing that actually helped was going for counselling in the college campus itself. So that was something that I spoke about every week. It was like once a week sessions and that really helped me like understand how to deal with these changes and what strategies I could use to help calm my mind. So it was more of like dealing with anxiety and internal struggles. Right. So I think we'll explore that a little bit later again. Before we get to that, maybe Maria, we, we spoke about kind of how uh, mental state changed along the way. I've seen this graph that talks about culture shock or the cultural adjustment curve. How accurate of a representation is such a graph to display the range of emotional changes that youths go through while they, you know, go to a new place for the first time? So this... Um cultural adjustment um, curve or the W curve, um, the view graph, right, is a different stages of cultural shock that someone can experience as they study abroad. Mm-hmm. And like the top of the W is when you're like filled with excitement, you're right. looking forward to it and everything. And then when you're there, right, perhaps the excitement is reduced down because of the comparison um, you know, whether it's the food, the people, and, you know, or perhaps even, like, you know, the rate of things, how things get done, mm. um, getting your phone line, the bank account, and all this, when you compare it to Singapore, that can be a bit of a difference. So this is where, like, the graph sort of, like, reduces down, right? Your mental state, your emotions become, um, it, it reduces down, perhaps until a level where you start missing home, mm. whether it is a home-cooked food, the friends that you can call and talk about anything, because um, at a new place, it takes time to get um, to, to know new friends. Yeah, like what you yes. know, Prath and I were sharing yeah. just now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So it takes some time before it um, we, the emotions get up again that you um, finally adjust, make friends, um, know where the, the things are, where to get like a good food in the area. And once you become more comfortable, that's where you hit like the tip of the next W already. Mm-hmm. And then... By the time you adjust, it's likely that's the time where you come home, mm. right? So that's like a low point where you need to yeah. say bye to your second home or third home and then coming back to Singapore and then having to adjust back. And sometimes people may not understand your experience. Um, having lived somewhere else and adjusting back requires another um, set of coping skills before you feel okay again. Yeah. And while I see some um, similarities in the sharing today, right, um, almost like the W, it, does, it doesn't mean that everyone would have to go through this. Some, um, go through this. some people follow this. Some people might, you know, um, not feel homesick at all. Right. Um, some people might not enjoy it. 
you know, there's a variety, but it's always good to understand that these are the typical、um, things that people can experience as they go abroad.、Mm. And maybe Prathana, you know, she mentioned about the second part of the W curve. Did you feel any adjustment when you had to come back home? Yeah. So when I was leaving, I was already too comfortable in Boston, <laughs> and then it was time for me to leave. So I do really relate to that curve. And、um, yeah, when I came back home, I went back to India. So I was surrounded with family, and I was surrounded with my childhood friends. So that made it a lot easier for me to cope.、Mm. Um, I had to come back to Singapore two weeks later, but then again, I have friends here from the past three years. So it was definitely an easier adjustment. But yeah, there was definitely like a part of me that really wanted to go back, was missing my friends that I made back in Boston, and so it was like a whole roller coaster、yeah. of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Maria, maybe can you share what were some of the more common mental triggers for young people when they first go abroad? I think you you did mention like you know different in food, different in you know friends. Anything else that you know you've heard or based on your experience in talking to youths or helping out youths, anything that really triggers them? There can be a variety of triggers, but perhaps one right because you're so excited, right? There's this hope and optimism that hey, it's a great place. I want to go there. I want to enjoy myself. But once The change hit you, then you start questioning yourself. Whether it's questioning your self-belief, your ability, your own confidence level, that can be harder to to deal with. You know, some of the self-talk that people have is like, "Am I good enough?、Mm. Will I fail? Can I survive、um, this particular you know trip? Am I going to be okay? What if I cannot? Can I live alone?" I mean, you know, all these things could be just all these variety of like self-talks and beliefs. Um, that people have to adjust as they move abroad.、Mm. And Prathana, you mentioned you know. Let's go back to your point about you know going for counseling. Could you share what were your experience there going for counseling, and were there any other coping mechanisms that you or maybe your friends took on to cope with the emotions while you were there?、Mm. So the main reason I went was because of these internal conflicts of having like the fear <coughs> of missing out、mm-hmm. and feeling homesick and like wondering why I'm here. And comparing my lives to my other friends abroad on exchange,、right. so I think the comparison really took a toll on my self-esteem and confidence. And then when I went to the counselor, it was more of like he helped me understand my ways of thinking and where they're coming from, and he kind of drew it out for me. So he he was he used visuals on this whiteboard where he drew out everything I was saying, and he tried to explain to me why I'm having certain thoughts、mm-hmm. and how I can change these thoughts. Through my behaviors,、um, or my feelings through my behaviors, so it was like this whole triangle that he drew out, and he told me he gave me steps on how I can go forward. But it was it was so interesting because I love to understand the psychology of my own mind or of people's <laughs> minds. Like I want to know why I'm thinking this, and you know where is this coming from? Which fear is this related to? And he tried to help me understand where all the confusion in my mind was coming from.、Mm-hmm. So it was very. Clarifying, and it was honestly very peaceful to go and just talk to him about it because I did feel understood at a point when I felt like I was alone in this boat and no one was with me. So、mm-hmm. I felt like it was mostly like loneliness,、right. fear of missing out, and all those fears, right, insecurities. But once I went to him, I felt really understood. And I mean, I think this is quite rare. I would say, like you know, usually you don't hear of. Um, people actively seeking out counseling. At, at least, maybe at your age, maybe they they're not super aware of it.、Um, how did you come to know, or you know, get around to actually going for counseling? 
So I love the idea of counseling. I love the idea of healing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I went there, I passed through it. So it was called CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services. Mm-hmm. And then I, sta- I started to like inquire more about it. And okay. then once I realized these are like counseling services, weekly basis, based on like your demand or need, I also applied for it. Uh, because I was really struggling at that point. Mm-hmm. I knew I kind of needed to help. talk it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I needed help for sure. I had to seek out because I really wanted to make the best of my four months there. And I knew I needed help to do that. Like sometimes you you can't fix a sick mind with a sick mind. Right. And I feel like at that I needed to get out of my mind mm-hmm. to be able to help myself. Yeah, it's great that you're so proactive about, you know, your own mental well-being. Um, maybe Maria, could you share with us what other coping mechanisms? Because I, I, I think not every student would be so open to going for counseling as the first point of help, right? So, what else could you know students do while they are abroad alone uh, to adapt to some of these uh, challenges that we spoke about earlier? And definitely, well, I prepare like an acronym called TRIP, T-R-I-P, and um, these are some of the things that um, students can practice and do to ensure that they protect themselves and strengthen their mental health. And the first one is T. T stands for take care of yourself. I know that this sounds like really something that everyone knows, but when you're abroad living alone, sometimes you forget. Mm-hmm. And this includes sleeping well, seven to nine hours of sleep per night, um, not um, try to fit everything in or and all these stuff. It's about really taking care of yourself, resting, eating healthy meals, finding um, balanced meal to, to, to eat every day, staying hydrated, um, exercising regularly, whether it's also about you know finding something you need to you like to do the joy that gives you joy and relaxation, and um, this can include practicing mindfulness, mm-hmm. deep breathing, taking that time off, um, taking a pause when things get a bit too hectic, and really just taking a pause, do some deep breathing, and try to clear the mind. So this is for T, taking care of yourself. R is for reach out for support. And honestly, I have to say that it takes a lot of courage to um, talk to a stranger, a counselor, right? So not everyone can do that, but mm. I really hope and I really encourage people to reach out if they need to. Because going abroad, spending a new, um, being at a new place can be lonely at yeah. times. And so reaching out to your support system back at home um, is important. Use the technology. We have wonderful technology, all different types of technology. Keep connected with your friends and family because that will keep you grounded. And um, reach out to the local support system as well, whether it's a counseling center at the university. These would be wonderful. And of course, um, that's R for reach out. I is identify your triggers. Mm. Part of knowing um, when. Right. The, the idea is when. So perhaps reflecting on your past experiences, if you have gone through any of the challenges, look back and see what are some of the strength that you have, um, something that has helped you in the past, and perhaps also know when is, what is your trigger that causes stress and anxiety so that you know that you're moving from green to orange. And if you know that already, it's easier to start um, reaching out using the resources that's available to you and um, to prevent you from going into the red zone. And P is practice self-compassion. Mm-hmm. This is an important one because like, I think today we talk about like, you know, fear of missing out, the self-belief, the confidence level. I think it's really important for us to treat ourselves with compassion 
and kindness and understand that going to a new place requires a lot of changes that make us fall into a very uncomfortable place. And that is part and parcel of the experience of yeah. living abroad, that it's not all great and yeah. fantastic, that there will be just the highs and the low. And remember your strength, know that there will always be the support. And remember to forgive yourself when there are mistakes and setbacks, because part of the learning experience is also to get um, the feedback. Mm. Mistakes are part of the feedback which help us to learn to become better. Yep. So this is TRIP, T-R-I-P. So take a trip of a lifetime, but don't forget to pack self-care, help-seeking, trigger awareness, and self-compassion. Thanks, Maria. And, and you spoke a little bit about, you know, resources that are available to you. Would you mind sharing, you know, are there any go-to services or resources that, you know, uh, students can utilize to find out more about mental wellness, challenges, and coping strategies like you mentioned? So definitely, there are a lot of um, resources that's available at iGirl. We also have resources that you can follow us on iGirl online on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have, um, in Singapore, we also have MindSG, um, a mental health portal curated by the Health Promotion Board of Singapore, which includes a self-assessment, resources on how to deal with stress, um, anxiety and changes. It's a wonderful website. And of course, and um, it's important before you even move abroad or, or travel abroad, it's important to talk to the coordinator from your university as well as check out what's available yeah. and um, you know the look the university that you're going to, where's the counseling center, what are the resources that's available to you. And of course finally there's international SOS and the support that is offered for students when it's needed. Thank you so much. I think, you know, this episode has been very helpful. I think to Pratana's point at the start, right, people talk about how exciting going abroad is or exchange programs is, but nobody really talks about kind of the struggles that you may go through mentally. So I think what both of you have shared today would be very, very helpful to students going abroad in future. So I think a few key points that I would like to, I guess, wrap up for those of you who are listening. I think firstly is expecting and knowing how to identify some of the triggers or mental fluctuations before you leave, when you get there, coming home, knowing that that's something that you're going to go through. And then secondly, you know, there are many coping mechanisms that you can adopt. So to Maria's point earlier, she mentioned trips, so taking care of yourself, reaching out, identifying triggers, and practicing self-compassion. Yes, so there are a lot of the um, tips even within the acronym, so I think getting familiar with a few of them and knowing which one is within your comfort level and exercising them effectively. And I think also to, to Pratana's point earlier, which I think would be a, a key takeaway as well, is that knowing that you are never alone, right? So you may feel that you're the only one going through that, but others go through it as well and you can always find support somewhere through the resources which Maria had mentioned earlier. Okay, so thank you so much. I think that was a very enriching sharing. Um, I hope that you know those of you listening in find this very helpful, even if it's your first time traveling abroad or even if you've gone abroad many times. I still think that there's a lot of things to take away from this sharing. So join us in the next episode when we talk about when sharing becomes dangerous, when we talk about the dangers of oversharing on Online. 